Um, I'm excited to be with you guys today. Thank you for being in church. Thanks for honoring your pastors. We're going to do some more of that at the end of the service. But uh, when Pastor Annette like, turned my arm and invited me out to church to speak to you all today, I was thinking about what can I bring to such a life-giving church. And the Lord really dropped something in my heart, and it was this message called, A Harvest is Coming. I don't know about you, but I feel blessed. Anybody else? But I think there's a new level that God wants to take church at the bridge to. And when I say church at the bridge, I'm not talking church at the bridge corporate. I'm talking church at the bridge. That God wants to do things in your life. Here's what I do know. If God begins to do it in you, then he'll do it through you, which means your church will never have a lack because you are walking into a new season of abundance, blessing, freedom, joy, hope, and all the things that you need in life are not found out there. They're found in the house. They're found in God's house. And so I want to talk about this thing, a harvest is coming. Look at somebody and say, a harvest is coming. coming. See, I believe God wants to tell you something very powerful today. It's not just you're going to get a tenfold harvest or a thirtyfold, fiftyfold, sixtyfold harvest. I believe God's going to give you a hundredfold return on what you sow into God's kingdom. You see, a harvest doesn't happen overnight. A harvest takes place over time. Track with me on this. A harvest doesn't just, you don't just plant a seed today and tomorrow you got fruit. It takes time to produce the fruit. Same is true. I had a conversation with a guy years ago. He said, Pastor, I started tithing. I've seen nothing. I said, bro, you just started yesterday. (laughs) It takes time to see the seeds get into the soil, penetrate through, and then produce something. So many people have a microwave faith where they want everything like Burger King. Right away, your way. When in reality, God is always in the process because it's the process that leads to the promise. But most people want the promise without the process. And so if you want the promise, which I do, <clears throat> I'm a talk back kind of preacher, so you got to kind of talk back. This side's doing good. This side, you're, this side's right and tight. This side's left and loose. I don't know what's happening. So at some point, you got to say, man, if I want the promises of God, i got to do what the Scripture prescribes me to do. Makes sense, right? So at some point, i got to follow His process to get to the promise, and that process is never overnight. There is nobody on planet Earth that is a success overnight. I was rereading Jim Collins, Good to Great, and he talks about this thing called the flywheel versus the doom loop. And you don't know how many, what revolution does it take to get your life started in the right direction? You don't know if it's the first turn, the second turn, the third, or the 50th. But I do know this. If you keep spinning that wheel, eventually the flywheel begins to take over and you will end up in a totally different place. If you don't, it's because you walk blindly into the thought that when I come to faith in Christ, it's instant perfection. I'm a believer. No more problems. Come on. Am I, we talking to the right church today? Man, nobody's going to hate on me. Listen, America's sipping the haterade all left and right. I mean, we try and cancel everybody. We try and eliminate everyone. We can't even have a conversation with somebody that has a different opinion than us. At the end of the day, when you walk step and step with what God wants to do in your life, every place you go, you're going to be showered with the favor of God. 
That's why you'll walk into a job. You'll get a promotion you didn't earn. You'll get opportunities that a resume could never provide you. It's because God will take you further faster than you could ever take yourself. Your gifts, your talents, your abilities are no match for God's anointing and hand on your life. And so I would rather take an uneducated person with the hand of God than an educated person absent of the hand of God. It's the favor of God. So God sees all the things we've been planting. He sees all the things we've been sowing, our hard work and our faithfulness. But here's what I believe. You're about to come out of some seasons. You're about to come out of a negative season. You're about to come out of a discouraging season. You're about to come out of a depressing season, a lonely season, a lost season, and maybe even a breakdown season. Maybe you feel like you're like that 1963, whatever car it is, that just is barely getting A to B. God's about to drop you into an Audi A4. And I don't know, does the Audi A4 still exist? I don't know. But I believe God wants to take you into a harvest season. And what you, when you examine the Bible, you see very quickly that a harvest is always attached to a spiritual blessing. When you see harvest in the Bible, it's about God blessing you. It's about abundance in your life. Scripture declares this in Genesis. The first book of the Bible proves it. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested, listen to this, a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord has blessed him. A hundred times. Could you imagine if you were an investor? Anybody invest? I have some play money I invest with. Anybody else got that? You just, you try some things. I invested in some crypto. It's crapping right now, but I'm praying for it. You know, so it's like, I do those things. Why? Because wherever you sow your seed, there's a greater opportunity for a return. Right? It's called diversification. You want to be diversified so you don't lose when everybody else loses. So even me, I did. I told our accountant this year because everything went so low. Anybody lose money on their retirement if you have it? Yeah, I lost a ton of money. But you know what I told my accountant? Invest more. It's low right now. Buy more. She's like, are you crazy? No, just send in more to our retirement. Prepay it. Here's what most people do. I ain't, why? why? Why would I pay at 100% when I can pay at 30%? Got to use your brain sometimes, right? So God wants to give you 100 times. But let's say I could guarantee you a hundred time return on a dollar. You give a dollar and it'll produce a hundred. How many would take that? Okay. Return. All right. That's what we're going to talk about today. I believe God wants to give you more than a hundred times more than you plant. And God tells you how. It says Isaac planted the crops, the seed, but who brought the harvest? It says the Lord had blessed him. So many of us try and bless ourselves. But you can't bless yourself enough to give what God can give you with one touch of his favor. And so when you walk step in step with God, when you do what God's asked you to do, and you're faithful to every detail you possibly can be, you will satisfy Deuteronomy 28. What does Deuteronomy 28 say? It says, all the blessings of God will overwhelm the obedience well, I, there are over 6,000 promises in the Bible, all good. I want all of them. 
That means I've got to be obedient to his word. And if I'm obedient to his word, I get all of his blessings. That means this skinny little white guy from Buffalo, New York, who's getting raptured one hair at a time, who's turning gray and turning loose, can still marry a beautiful Puerto Rican girl from Queens. Favor ain't fair, and I'm grateful. You see, here's what I do believe. You are blessed at this church. You are blessed at this church. Pastor Jose is a gifted communicator. I was watching a few sermons, kind of trying to get the vibe of this church, and I thought, man, this is like our vibe. Feels like home. Feels like home. So I might say some things that you're like, what is he talking about? I just, I feel like I'm at home. And sometimes when you're with the crazy uncle, so you got mom and dad every week, but you get the crazy uncle today. But I believe, Pastor Jose, same thing I said in the first service. I really believe that there's a, a new season coming from this church. I believe something's going to happen in 2023. I believe the next few months are preparation ground. I believe God's preparing the ground for what's going to happen. I believe, and you're going to hear in a little bit, what I really believe for this house. I believe you're about to walk into things you could not earn or you do not. It's just the hand of God just puts it right in front of you. So that means the church has to be ready. That means we can't sit idly by. we got to be ready for what God has next. Because when God unleashes what he has next, you know what ends up happening? You get stretched a little bit. You can't just show up and sit on your blessed assurance. You got to actually get up and do something. At some point, you got to get you got to put your faith into action. James said, "Hey, you can't show me your faith without your action." Some point, oh, I got faith. You ain't got faith till it's moving. Faith is about activity. Faith is about action. Faith is about doing. 14 years ago, when God laid the vision of this church on your pastor's heart, there would be no church at the bridge without the anointing of the man and woman of God that are leading this church. When God put it on their heart with those 12 people, there was nobody else believing but those 12 people and them. And now look what God has done. It's the favor of God. But this is just the beginning. I believe a harvest is coming, abundance is coming, blessing, advantage, and success. Let me ask you again, how many feel blessed today? How blessed would you feel if you had 100 times the amount of blessing you have today? I feel pretty blessed. You see, when God's hand of blessing is on your life, nothing can take it off. Nothing can take it. Listen to this promise. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Did, did it really say the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich? It's one amen, and yes, it does. Like, notice, who does the wealth transfer? It's not you. It's the blessing of the Lord. But if God can't uh, trust you with $20,000 a year, he ain't going to trust you with $200,000 a year. Now, wouldn't it be great? Come on, Pastor Jose. If everybody in our church made $200,000. Wouldn't that be great? 
That'd be outstanding. You want to know why it'd be outstanding? I'll tell you why. Because you can impact the kingdom more. Hell wants to keep you without so that the church is without. If 50 people all made $200,000 a year, that would be $20,000 per person in a church. That's a million dollars to your church. So here's what we're believing for. God is going to release into the right hands finances so you can bless the house. And they said, well, I don't like money. Well, that's your problem. I don't love money. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, but I like it. I need it. Come on. I want some more of it. Money, money, money. Like at some point, I'm here all day, guys. Like at some point, you got to say, wait, if, if God blessed me with this, what could I do for his kingdom? See, if you're not asking that question today, you wouldn't ask it if you had the money. We talk about this thing called tithing in the local church. Most pastors steer away from it. Your pastors don't. They address it. Tithing is returning, not giving, returning 10% of your resources to God. You're returning it to him. If you don't return to somebody what's theirs, what's that called? Stealing. Now, I'd steal from a lot of people, but there's one person I would never steal from. Check your wallets, guys. It was a transfer that took place on the way in. So think about this. The only people that have a problem with talking about tithing or money in the church are those who don't give any money. It's just true. I don't believe in that tithing thing. Well, keep your mouth shut because you don't tithe anyway. You ask somebody who tithes, they don't complain about tithing. Why? Because we're walking in the blessing of God. We're walking in his favor. Mary and I are the number three givers in our church. We're not even the top 25 earners in our church. Here's what we learned. You can't outgive God. The more I shovel into God, the more God shovels back into me. The only difference between me and God, he's got a bigger shovel. So I shovel in and he's dumping blessing on me in favor. And this is not about finances. This is about blessing. I have a beautiful wife. We have a happy marriage, 21 years. We have three healthy kids that love the church. You know, you look at all those things. There's much more than wealth that makes a person rich. See, your faith in God is not about getting rich. That's the world scheme. Your faith in God is about being rich. Being rich is I'm already blessed. God wake you up today. You're blessed. The Bible says you'll be blessed coming in and going out. That means there ought to be joy in his blessing. There'll be happiness and laughter. See, where do you need a harvest? Where do you need God to multiply in your life? Where have you been lacking? Church at the Bridge, you're not going to break down. You're about to break through. A harvest is coming. So look at somebody again and say it loud and proud. A harvest is coming. Now, come on, now, say it like you mean it. A harvest is coming. See, I do believe this. You're about to walk in everything you've been waiting for. Let me say it again. You're about to walk in everything you've been waiting for. 
you know, years ago, my family and I, we went on this, uh, I don't know, some tour, and we ended up at this orange plantation, and we're out there, and they're doing all these oranges, and he's telling us all these stories about oranges, and I'm, I'm filled with useless information because I get so much information, and I spit it out at the wrong time. This, I think, is appropriate. <laughs> so we're out there. <laughs> She's like, that's true. My wife's like. So there's this thing, and they're talking about the orange, and the guy's telling this thing about the orange. And I'm like, just, you know, I don't really care about oranges, but he's telling a story, so I want to pay attention. Tell me about oranges. He says, there's about 50 people on this tour, I guess. And he ends up saying, well, you know, it, it takes an orange seed three years to produce its first orange. But it produces then for the next 60 years. One seed takes three years and produces for 60 years. Can you imagine that one seed you've been holding on to in your pocket, if you would just sow it in some oil, just. So while you're complaining about waiting for God to do something, you're wasting your weight. Wasting your weight is complaining while you're waiting. But when you celebrate while you wait, you actually start to elevate. So for me, like, we tell our kids all the time, Bethany's heard it, when you complain, you remain. She can mouth it with me. We say it all the time to our kids. Why? They complain a lot. And guess what? They don't get from mom and dad when they complain. But man, when you're kind and you're loving and you're patient, there's a blessing in that. It's called the favor of a father. Favor of father ain't fair. I will always treat my kids differently than I treat anybody else. Why? I'm the father. The father's the same exact way. He's going to treat his kids a little bit differently. It's his favor. So what dreams has God put in your heart? What goals, what passions, what desires? I believe you're about to walk into your new season because unless you cancel culture, cults, I can't preach it like you did last week. Culture will cancel your in other words, you got to walk away from everything the world tells you because the world's going to tell you this about the church. Church just wants your money. Church doesn't care about you. We were out last night at a great restaurant and, uh, in town with your pastors and another pastor couple friend of our, both of ours. and We're out there with them, and I asked the waiter because I'm like, I'm, like I'm like a gangster evangelist. Like, I don't really care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into a faith conversation with somebody everywhere. So I'm like, like I was like, hey, you ever go to church? You a Christian guy? No, man. Religion is, what do you say? Religion, a uh, church is like, uh, what is it? A church is like a salesman. They're just selling you something. I'm like, listen, I'll sell you something, but I smoke it too. <laughs> like, I will tell you about my faith, but I'm also smoking my faith. I'm not telling you something I don't believe. I'm going to tell you what I believe, and I haven't tried it. I've tested the product. Now, unlike Bill Clinton, I did inhale. Some of you a little older, you'll remember that. It's been the last time I get invited back to church at the bridge. All right. Here's what I know really quick. A couple thoughts today. You grow what you sow. You got to give God something to work with. So if it comes to a happy marriage... You can't be complaining about your spouse all day and all night. 
You got to give God something to work with. You can't, man, God changed them. Maybe change your prayer to God change me. Why do we always make it about our spouse when most of the problems are always about me? Right? If we would all just work on ourselves, just grow what you sow. You don't plant those oranges and expect apples. You imagine? Man, I'm going to put some orange seeds down. Next season, apples. Does that happen? You can't do that. You think about that. So if, if I'm saying, man, I, I want to have faith, so I'm going to plant seeds of doubt. I'm going to be around doubters. I'm going to hang out with people that are always raining on my parade. Now, you, that's exactly right. At the end of the day, what we have to look at, you grow what you sow. i got to bring back what I want reproduced in my life. So if I want joy, i got to sow some joy into somebody else. Come on, yeah. Joy, pump, pump, pump it up, pain. Keep it going, keep it going. Sunshine and rain. Give it to me now, Rob Bass. Joy, pump, pump, pump it up. Here's, here's the reality. I like to make people smile. Why? I didn't have that growing up. I wasn't raised in a church that had joy. They had a lot of truth, but they were miserable about it. I'd rather be happy about the truth. That I've got the secret to success in my hand called the Word of God in every area. I mean, every arena this book talks about. Scripture declares this, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Let me just stop here for a second. The whole world cries out for justice. It is an unachievable thing in this world. It has become a gimmick to raise money, but it is not something that can be achieved. Let me tell you why. There is no justice when humans are involved. The only justice is brought by the hand of God. And so be very cautious what you hook yourself to, what you attach yourself to, because there is something more than this world needs, and we're looking and trying to find it man-to-man when it's actually God-to-man justice. It says you cannot mock the justice of God. Listen to what Scripture says. Paul to the church in Galatia. You will always harvest what you plant. Always. Those who live to only satisfy their sinful nature will harvest decay and death from the... That sucks. Like, if I, if I just sow my flesh, I get death and decay. Here's the good news. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing good. This is where we all quote this verse, but we don't know the preceding verses. We don't want to quit, but he's talking about here, don't quit on harvest. Context matters. You can't just pick and choose a verse. You've got to look at the context because context is king. It reveals the truth. It says, don't get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. Somebody said, at just the right time. Like, at just the right time, you will reap a harvest of blessing. Hundredfold blessing. If you do not give up. You grow what you sow. And when Paul is writing this, he's saying, hey, in the harvest, when you're sowing seeds, waiting for your harvest, don't quit. I've quit just a couple things in my life. One of the things I quit was McDonald's. I worked there for one three-hour shift. I quit, walked out, went to a pizzeria. 
It's much easier. I worked there at the pizzeria for three years. One of the few things I ever quit was that pizzeria. One was my first church I worked at. It was called Redeeming Love Fellowship. They had no redemption. Nobody was getting saved. There was no love. But they certainly liked to eat together. <laughs> Cut my salary multiple times. The church was actually growing in the process. But after nine months, those are the two things I quit. You know what I said? I'm never again raising the white flag. I'm never again going to let the circumstances around me to determine what I do and what God's called to do within me. you got to keep planting seeds. And if you keep planting seeds, eventually they're going to land on the right soil. Now think about this. Soil matters. It's not just what you plant. It's where you plant. Jesus shares the parable, and he talks about the four places that seed scattered would land. Only one of the places actually was fertile ground for the seed to actually sprout and produce something. That means 75% of the places where most of us sow our seed, death. Let's talk about sports. When you're sick, the Jets, the Giants, the Bills, or even those Eagles, they ain't sending anybody to your house to care for you. Oh, the church just wants my money. No, they do. And they ain't afraid to say it. You'll get a jersey for $189 for some washed up guy that will only two, three seasons average in the NFL. And here we'll pay all this money for that. And the next thing you know, it's at Goodwill for $9.99. And there's no return on that investment. But in the kingdom, oh, there's a return on everything you invest. Everything you sow. Sow the seeds of radical generosity because a harvest is coming. Every seed you've planted over years, God's about to release it back to you. Not just tenfold or fiftyfold, but a hundredfold return on those things. Get ready because you grow what you sow. I also know this. A lifetime of favor is coming your way. Here's the beauty of God. God's favor is not temporary. No, it is conditional. It's conditioned, the level of favor you can achieve is attached to your level of obedience. So if you're disobedient, you can't expect to walk in the favor of God. Can I give you a couple of examples? You know, someone that's not your spouse, you will not have the favor of God. Mm, pastor, you went from preaching to meddling. Stay out of my business. Let's be honest. Let's be, let's be honest. Think about this. God, I, I want you to bless me financially, but you're cha-ching, 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 charging everything you got. And they're living on their 29% interest. And we're all losing money. At, and they'll tell you, hey, have it now. Listen, if I don't have the money for it, I ain't getting it. God, I want you to bless me. And God's like, I, I now, if, if I'm glad I'm not God. But if I was up in heaven... And you're like, God, I need your blessing. But you're 24000 in credit card debt. I'd be up there saying, dummy, I didn't put you in credit card debt. That's me. I'm not saying it's him. That's me. I'd be like, actually, I could probably prove it because Proverbs talks all about mismanaging money. It calls us fools. So when you look at it, you say, like, oh, my, I'm doing a series, by the way, at my church called Idiot. It's a whole series on the book of Proverbs the many times God calls us fools. 
Anytime we violate God's word, we're called fools. Think about that. Idiot is how we'd say it today. It'd be a great series. Uh, you can borrow it if you want. Pastor. <laughs> Might not build your church, but you'll have fun with it. But I'm looking at this and saying, like, man, if, if I was him, I'm, great on, I'm glad I'm not. But think about it. all the standards he gives. He said, if you follow his principles, you get to his promises. And all I got to do is follow his principles? That sounds like a big win for me. That's better than Uncle Sam. I mean, you get no promise with, the only thing you're guaranteed in America is taxes and death. But with God, you're guaranteed life, eternal favor, and blessing. So even when we walk in this recession, $4 gas, no problem for me. I'm a child of God. I'm walking in favor. Utilities up 24% in New York. I'm still blessed. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed to the right. I'm blessed to the left. I'm blessed in a recession, and I'll be blessed outside of the recession. It's a blessing in favor of God. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 30, verse 5. His favor lasts a lifetime. So it's not eternal. It's not short-term. It's not It is eternal. It's not short-term, accidental, or coincidental. It's intentional. God has intentional designs for your life. And I believe God wants to multiply his blessings. One more time. Do you feel blessed? Imagine how much more of a blessing you could be with more blessing. The Old Testament prophet said, Israel wasn't blessed to hoard. It was blessed to give. So when you receive the blessing of God, release it into the hands of those who are already blessers. But if you're not a blesser, you won't be fully blessed. See, when you're faith, if you're faithful when favor is invisible, God will promote you and elevate you with more favor than you could ever believe. See, from a distance, my wife and I and other churches see God's favor on this house. We see God's hand on this house. We see his blessing on this church. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. This is... It is hard to see favor up close sometimes. You can't see all the details, but when you zoom out like I am, and I can look like an airplane 30,000 feet down and say, if those people at Church at the Bridge knew what they had in their pastor, if they knew what they had in Newburgh, if they knew what they had in every person that serves on the dream team or volunteer team, man, if you could just... But sometimes, kind of, man, I don't know, Pastor. We're just in a church where they used to do pole dancing. And all, well, listen, they ain't doing pole dancing anymore. You're doing some praise dancing in church. Is that okay? See you guys in 20 years. You think about it. On the outside, I look at this, and this is beauty. What was I doing, Pastor Jose? I was walking through the building. This is awesome. Take pictures. Oh, this is great. Take take, Oh, I'm taking pictures everywhere of this building because I'm like, this is such character. And you're in the middle of the city. I don't know if you had, like, a cramp or... (laughs) Pastor will pray for you after. But it's like, I look and say, this is how we first got started. 
Our first building was just like this. It was 6,000 square foot building, smaller than this, 6,000 square foot building. We couldn't use the basement and the upstairs. Oh my gosh. We were praying one day, God, don't let the kids fall through. It was, <laughs> it was a bad build. And let me tell you, it was bad, but we bought it. It was worth $864,000. They came to us and said, hey, make us an offer. I said, man, I'm gonna make you an offer you can't refuse. And I literally offered them $225,000 for an $864,000 building. This was in 2011. Guess what we bought it for? $225,000. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. When God's favor is on you, you can't see the future, but you know there is a future. Seven years later, we sold that building. They actually rezoned the area where our Hicksville campus was, we became part of the transportation district. They were about to put $2 billion into one of the hubs of the Long Island Railroad. So our property value shot up. We sold that building for $1.9 million. Favor ain't fair. What do we end up doing? We end up buying a much bigger building. It's the favor of God, the blessing of the Lord. But every pastor friend of mine told me in that little, don't take that building. Don't buy that. Why would you buy that building? It doesn't have any parking. Sound familiar? I mean, we, it's a little inconvenient in here. Sound familiar? I mean, we called that church affectionately the sardine can because it had... Like very low ceilings, you're like, oh, oh, sorry, okay, ceilings up there. Like, but yet God built that church. The church that everyone told us not to buy, we bought for peanuts. You couldn't even buy a house on Long Island at that time for that kind of money. We buy it, and what do we start? We start with one service. We fill it. We go to two services. We fill it. We go to three services. We fill it. We go to four services. We fill it. And then we didn't want to leave our Latino brothers and sisters out. We started a Spanish service. And God bless that church. Never despise what you're in. Because when you're in it, you think, if we had this, if we could get this. No, man. Be thankful for what you got today. This is a blessing. It's a blessing from God. See, God wants to release his unbelievable favor on you. But sometimes you're to this that you can't see he's already doing it. Your marriage is about to get better, man. Once again, why are the women clapping? Please, Lord, fix him. Your business is about to boom. Now, there's going to be things that you don't know. How in the world did this happen? It was the hand of God. It wasn't your skill, talent, or ability. Something about you being under the right kassah, the right covering, and now all of a sudden you're walking in unbelievable, undeniable, unmatchable favor. It's the hand of God. Your idea might get recognized. I mean, I've had all the kinds of ideas on the planet. Sometimes I, am, I invent an idea in my mind, and I do nothing with it. Anybody ever done that? Yeah. And then five years later, somebody comes out with that idea. They make Scrub Daddy. I never thought of that before, but I'm thinking Scrub Daddy, man. I got a Scrub Daddy in my house. This thing works great. Put the water cold, and guess what happens? It gets hard, and you're able to make it warm. It's nice and soft. I watch a lot of Shark Tank. <laughs> Everything your hand touches will prosper. Yeah. 
I'm giving you actual scriptural statements. Every place you walk will be yours. Favor is the reward of God's children. Favor is what you should walk in. And that favor is going to flow right in front of the people that desire you to fail. I'm just going to be what God designed me to be. You can, yeah, you keep hating. I can tell you, I have so many knife wounds in my back from doing what I do for so long. It's impenetrable now. It's built some metal. So let them hate on you. Let them lie about you. Let them deceive you. Let them gossip about you. You just keep doing the right thing because it's right. Get around the right people and eventually the right things happen. Let me rewind and say that again. You got to get around the right people, do the right things. Eventually, the right things happen. A harvest of favor is coming. Third thought today. Wherever there is a harvest is important. There's always a scarecrow. It's always a scarecrow. In the middle of your harvest season, the scarecrows are going to try and come out. You're just getting ready to burst into that next season or that next level. In the middle of your blessing, in the middle of favor, in the middle of a promotion, someone's going to emerge. Might be your mother and No, it won't be your mother-in-law. But someone's going to emerge and try and put doubt into your faith. What are you going to do with it at that point? you got to stand strong. You can't doubt because you can't let the haters keep you from your destiny. They'll tell you you shouldn't buy that house. You know, why shouldn't I? I can afford it. I've managed my money well. I've done the right thing. You shouldn't have taken that job. But I, I felt God wanted me to go there. For me it was you shouldn't have bought that building. Now the people who hated on us are wondering how we did it. And you know what it is? The hand of the Lord. It's not us. Favor ain't fair. You shouldn't buy that car. Come on now. Who bought a car? I just, I just leased the car. That's crazy. Like, think about how do, you, how do you charge us more money just because COVID happened? It's like the COVID tax. Everything's more. Eggs are more. Eggs used to be $1.99, Pastor Jose. Now you're like $4.99, $5.99, $7.29 if you want organic farm raised and free cage. You look at that, but I don't have to worry about it. That's just a scarecrow. I'm walking in confidence because I know who my provider is. Stop letting people who are jealous of your destiny keep you from jumping into your destiny. You just launch right into what God's called you to do. Don't let that scarecrow keep you from walking in your harvest because here's what I believe and declare over this house. God's about to give you land you did not work on, towns you did not build. Vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. Buildings that you did not build, God's about to put into the hands of church at the bridge. You haven't seen anything yet. The God of more is about to unleash your destiny because a harvest is coming. The Bible says the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And what I've learned over 27 years of being a pastor is the enemy has a lot of secret agents. Well, it's very possible. <laughs> you think about this. There will be people that run around acting like a believer. But yet their sole desire is just to discourage you. Oh, no, don't do that. Don't ask that girl out. 
Secretly, they want to ask her out, but they want to... Oh, wait, that's an opportunity? Don't invest there. And they go by and do it. There's always going to be people to try and keep you out of the blessing of God. To try and distract you, derail you, ultimately try and defeat you. They run around acting like a believer and they've slid into your circle. Your circle or those around you always determine your cycle. If you have the wrong circle, you'll have the wrong cycle. And if you're in that wrong cycle long enough, you're just going to be spinning and spinning and spinning. God doesn't want you spinning. He wants you winning, which means sometimes you've got to get out of that circle and put yourself into people's lives like Church at the Bridge. Like where, hey, your coworkers, if they don't know God, they're not the right circle. Well, we're just going to go out for some drinks later. No. I don't need to waste my life on that stuff. Why? I'm, I exist to build the church of Jesus Christ. That's what you're called to do. So why would you waste your time? The Bible says don't throw your pearl before swine. Why would you give one of your greatest resources, your time, to people who won't be part of your future? But yet the church of Jesus Christ is going to be part of your future. Well, you don't know. We might be at a different church five years from now. Well, hey, guess what? You can leave the church, and guess what? You're still stuck together in heaven. <laughs> well, I don't like what that pastor's doing over there. <laughs> guess what? We're all going to the same place. I mean, think about it, right? How many people? Listen, I promise you this. Give this church one year. If you're new, give it a year. Because at the end of the year, you'll have to introduce yourself to yourself because you won't be the same person you were when you walked into this place. Give it a year. Scarecrows are going to be around you, but here's the beautiful thing about scarecrows. They're not real. They're fake. They're full of death and decay. And they want to spread that to you. Walk with those who are alive walk with a church like this and then finally you may not be able to change last year's harvest but you can change this year's you can change this year's so many people get stuck in the past they get overwhelmed by the things that didn't work out they get stuck in that and i've got a past we all do right how many of you have a past that man i wish i didn't do some of the things or say some of the things or it's a lot of us, right, that we're like, man, I was just, I was, I was like, a, I didn't get A's in school, but I got A's in sin. <laughs> and here's the reality. God uses that past because he redeems it. Redeems it. I look at my life growing up in a multi-divorce home, single parent, abusive home, and I'm thankful for everything I went through. How can you be thankful for all that stuff? Because I wouldn't be who I am today without all that crap. It's just true. It's true. Grew up in extreme poverty. And I look today and say, man, here's, here's the beautiful thing about crap. Crap produces. Think about it. It's called manure. You cannot have fertile soil without a little bit of crap. Some of you are complaining about the crap. But you should be thanking God for the crap because it is becoming fertile ground for the seeds that God's sowing into your life. They'll bloom through. So just hit up social media today. Mess with your friends and say, today, on this Sunday, 
I'm thankful for crap. <laughs> Love you, Pastor Jose. <laughs> Here's my advice, keep sowing, keep planning, because it's in the midnight hour that God comes faithful. Founder of TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, Paul Crouch used to always say this, God's never early, he's never late, but he's always on time. Your harvest is coming, and I really believe that there's a shift. And so, stop saying last year was a tough year. I'm giving up. Last year, 2021, was one of the toughest years of my life. I lost my mom and dad in the same year within eight months of each other. We all have our challenges, right, that we all face. I could curl in the corner and say, God, why? Knowing that one of my parents didn't know Jesus, that is now forever in hell. I don't go through the process of, well, what if in that last breath? I don't know, but I do know he lived his whole life. I live with that reality. The moment we desensitize ourselves to you never know what could have happened, we think everyone gets right with God. I look and I say, man, tough year, but you know what? I'm still going. When my dad passed away, I wasn't even going to tell the church. My wife announced it to the church. I was just going to tough through it. When my mom passed away, I was advised to take weeks off. Nope. what I do? I went back and a pre-planned service five days after my mom passed away was a sermon on death. I was interviewing a guy whose son was murdered about how did he overcome the pain of loss. I could have canceled that. Everybody said, cancel that, sir. Reschedule. I said, no. God in his providence knew that that would be needed not for the church, but for me in that moment. I needed that. So your past, your difficulties, toughness, I never get a break. No, I think it's time for the church to start declaring what we are, what we have. I'm strong. I'm gifted. I'm anointed. I'm capable. I'm well able to do what God's called me to do. I'm qualified. Or you can do what my friend Joel says. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess my mind is receptive. My heart. I said it backwards. Got it right in the first service. Why does he do that declaration? Because there's power in your words. So if you keep talking defeat, you'll live defeated. If you start talking harvest, guess what you'll walk in? Harvest. Even when you're not, you'll walk in harvest. 11 years ago, I was faced with, uh, I hit a wall filled with anxiety. Couldn't even leave my house. Couldn't drive. Would have panic attacks every day. This is nine months. I'd get up to preach. I'd shake it, sweat, and I'd because of water, I, I didn't know where it came from. I never was an anxious person. I'm always like, like I said, I'm, a, I'm an uptight person, but not anxious. Does that make any sense? I was always like this, but, but never had like where I could. I couldn't breathe. And 
remember calling 911 one Monday, I think it was a Monday morning, called 911. I was like, man, I think I, I, called, oh, I called Mary first. I'm like, babe, I think I'm having a heart attack. Why'd you call me? Call 911. So I call them, they talk. I have my two little kids. They were little, much younger at that point, two of my kids, and get through the whole process. I said, man, this, this sucks. But every day I made a declaration. Every day. You know what my declaration was every day? It still litters my journal every day. I'm healed, I'm healthy, I'm whole. I was having panic attacks driving to the office. I'm healed, I'm healthy, I'm whole. I was preaching, and in my mind I was saying, I'm healed, I'm healthy, I'm whole. What was I doing? I was allowing my spirit to speak to my body. I was saying, eventually, body, you're going to catch up with my profession. Some of you need to start speaking to the things Where do you need God to put a harvest in your life? Where do you need God to speak? Because I do believe this for Church at the Bridge, Pastor Jose. A harvest is coming. And it's going to happen. I really believe something's going to happen in 23. I think something's going to propel this church. And next thing you know, this is going to be the church for all of Newburgh. It's not going to be a church in Newburgh. It's going to be church for all of it. And God's going to start releasing into this house... Money, you didn't know where it came from. Resources are going to flood this house. How the heck? Where the heck? How did that person? Why? I didn't even know this person. God's going about to release. He's going to release it. He's going to release it. Here's what I do know. Joel the prophet talks about this. I feel like this sense, Pastor. Joel the prophet talks about the end time revival. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Young men will dream dreams. Old men will see visions. My servants, my handmaids. All, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What's interesting about that passage, everybody loves that verse, but three verses earlier, the Bible promises to restore what the canker worm has devoured. In other words, the things that have tried to destroy the crops, God's about to remove all those obstacles so that there would be funding to handle the move of God that's about to take place. So here's what I believe you're going to see in 2023. You're going to see funding supernaturally where your budget of XXX is going to double potentially next year because God's going to begin to prepare church at the bridge for what is next. That's the church, but what about you? We all need it, don't we? I need God's hand of blessing. Would you all stand to your feet? This kind of resonates with you and say, God, I just, I want, I want that favor that lasts a lifetime. Would you just stretch your hands to heaven? I want to pray over you today. God, I want that favor, that blessing, that abundance, that that transcends a recession or what's happening in our world today. It's the hand of God. So, Lord Jesus, you see your people. You see all that they have, all that they are. And, God, I pray that you'd begin to release double for their trouble. God, I believe you'd be begin to release more than they could ever ask for or hope for in their wildest dreams. Lord, whether they feel like they're down and out right now, you'd begin to prop their shoulders up. They'd stand with a holy confidence, know that God who began a good work in them is faithful to complete everything he started in and through their life. So Lord, we believe a harvest is coming. And it's not coming 10 years down the road. It's coming soon. And so Lord, as that harvest begins to come, I pray the next two months of 2022, the final months of this year, would begin preparation for the impartation. That over the next couple months, we begin to prepare ourselves as a church for the move of God that you want to release in and through this church. So, Lord, I pray that there would be no lack in this church. 
I pray there be no lack in facilities. There be no lack in finances. There be no lack in volunteers. There be no lack in staff. There be no lack in passion. There will be no lack in faith. And there would definitely not be lack in favor. Because this is good soil. So release God into this house. Your unbelievable, undeniable favor on every single person. In Jesus' name we pray. With your heads bowed and eyes closed for a second. Maybe you're here today. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ. You can't get his favor until you have the Father. Because it's the Father's favor. You say, Todd, I don't have that relationship with Jesus. I want favor. I want blessing. I want abundance. Remember, you got to go through his process to get to his promise. Say, Todd, pray for me today. I want a relationship with God. I've never asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. Today's your day. October 23rd, 2022. It's not an accidental that you're at Church at the Bridge. It's by design. God has you here today to start or restart a relationship with him. Maybe you've fallen away from God. Today's your day to find your way back to him. Say, Todd, would you pray for me today? I want to make sure I'm in a right relationship with God. If you can't answer yes, this is for you. You want to be guaranteed heaven forever. All it takes is admitting you're a sinner, which we all are, believing that Jesus is who he said he was, and confessing he's Lord. That's all it takes. You say, Pastor, that's me on the count of three. Would you raise it, your hand really high? One, two, three. You want to start it? Yes. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Keep it up for a second. I just want to imprint your face in my heart so I can remember to pray for you this week. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Pastor Jose, God is moving today. You can put those hands down. Would you say this prayer after me if you raised your hand? And can we join those who are making this declaration? Because no one should ever pray this prayer alone. Say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to forgive me of my sins, to be my Lord and my Savior. Today, you found me in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church at the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.